Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix versus Cinema. The podcast that goes to the cinema every week, sees a couple of things, stays at home, sees a couple of things, raises them all out of five and figures out where money was better spent this week. Was it spent on Netflix and Friends or was it spent better spent in cinema? Now, we have beginning to realize a little bit of a pattern, which is that Sean and maybe I make it to cinemas and everybody else stays at home and watches stuff stuff at home. So this week, we are going to be talking about Puss and Boots, the, as we were saying earlier, it gets weirder the more you say it, and the more you say it, it just has, it stops feeling like a word. Puss in boots, puss in boots. Uh, okay, puss in boots. The last wish, and we shall also be talking about knock at the cabin, which um, Sean saw at the cinema, and at home, we are going French. We are going French with. Please say it again in French for me, Sharon. Le combattant. Le combattant, which in English is called women at war. Yeah, yeah, not a very good translation, but yeah. The combatants. <laughs> The combatants, yeah. yeah. Women, yeah. the female combatants. Female combatants, female fighters or women fighters yeah. or something. It's, yeah. it's like a feminine thing, yeah. Oh. All right, cool, good stuff. And um, Holly, you shall be talking about The Great, mm. which I believe is, uh, well, it, it's... I don't uh, Russian. Well, yeah, but no, but it's it's on Channel 4 sometimes, but I think it originally it showed up on some other, like, Stars Play or one of those random streaming services that... Yeah, it's on Stars. God knows how you actually get access to that thing. Like <laughs> I've seen Stars plays everywhere, but I don't have a clue how to get it. It seems like you have to go into Amazon and they have to go pay something else and you have to go to Jess Bezos' house and make a human sacrifice. And then finally, maybe you'll get access to Stars <laughs> Play. But... Um, that's pretty much the route I took, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm, I hope he let you, you know, substitute the human for something else. But anyway, <laughs> although now, although... Fun, Funny thing is that nowadays I feel like there's some people who would get annoyed if you will get really really annoyed if you if you sacrifice something other than a human. Um, I don't think that there's anything. Maybe a mushroom. A mushroom sacrifice. Mm. That, I mean, Where? I mean, there's so, so many streaming platforms now. There's like that Shudder, isn't there? The uh, yeah. band's got that Shudder and um, all stuff really. Like, so what, it's that, is it Shudder that I can't get hold of that has that's in the US that is showing uh, the lives of the Mayfair witches? I've no idea. I've got a clue. Because I've read them. And they've completely uh, replicated it. Anyway. I, think, I think that might be Peacock. Mm. I think... Oh, well, okay, let's... Okay, we're... we're, we're, we're we are making out a point here, which a point is there's too many of them. There's too many of them. They are that one down. There's too many of them. They are popping up. Like, for instance, there was the Weird Al Yankovic um, biopic movie. Well, biopic in highly inverted commas. And that's only on the Roku channel. I didn't even know there was a Roku channel. <laughs> and yeah, but that's the only place you can watch it in this country. I mean, it's uh, there's too many, too many um, streaming services. I'm not going to pay for everything. So there. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. But let's start in cinema. Cinema, which is remaining. It is still around. It is still here with us. And we always know where it is. We don't have to figure out what streaming service it's on. We just need to know that's where the multiplex is. And so... The film that we went to see this week was Puss in Boots, The Last <laughs> Wish. Boots, The Last which, Wish. Yes, which is the continuation, the latest film in the in the Shrek franchise, focusing on Antonio Banderas' Puss in Boots, um, who first showed up in Shrek 2, but has become a breakout character. He was probably the breakout character of Shrek 2. He had another film called Puss in Boots, and now he has a sequel many, many, many years later that I think nobody asked for. <laughs> that I, that I, 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 
the thing is, like, I I genuinely want to know how this film ended up being made because <laughs> because I I don't think anybody was clamoring for this. It wasn't like anybody was saying, yeah, yeah, oh, bring Puss and Boots back. Oh my God, oh, this thing has happened online and Antonio Banderas all of a sudden is the flavor of the month. So let's bring Puss and Boots back. It's just arrived and. And because it's animated, I know that it takes ages to make these things. Therefore, how did this film get made? But anyway, the idea behind this is that Puss in Boots is obviously a cat. He has nine lives. And it turns out at the beginning, he's doing his whole, look at me, I'm kind of like Zorro. I'm kind of like, you know, hero to this so <laughs> South American town. And he has this whole song and everything. And he has like a whole action sequence that shows up. He's your favorite fearless hero and all and then he a massive bell lands on him in his hubris. A la- massive bell lands on him, and he meets a doctor. And the doctor tells him, "You died, but you've died eight times. This is your last life." <laughs> and so Puss in Boots kind of goes, "Ah, don't worry, no big deal." But then he starts getting, and this might for what is a, what is supposed to be a kids' film, this might be a little bit heavy. But then he starts getting existential and he starts realizing that the only reason he could be fearless in all his other all the other times is because he had other lives to waste. And this time around, he realizes that if he dies, that's it. <laughs> if he dies, that's it. So he pretty much goes into retirement. And, and, but the, the, the whole plot of the film is about him. Trying, the last wish talks about the fact that they have this old wishing star that fell to the ground and it's about him trying to find this wishing star so he can have a wish and can restore his lives and therefore he can be back to being the hero that he always was because then he has the safety net of knowing if he dies, no big deal, he carries on. And that is the basic plot of the film. Sean, what did you think? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, the basic plot of the film. And um, yeah, some, 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 so he goes on an adventure, obviously, you meet characters along the way. Um this was for me. This was moments of of enjoyment, and it was a bit. bit there were there were moments in the film where it was like, mm, you know, and I understand why Sharon doesn't like animation <laughs> films sometimes. But uh, I, I would have liked to have. I don't think they spent. You know, you, you know that you know the the the, 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 the cat's home. You know the cat's home. Yes, I wish yes, they. Yes. I would have liked to have seen them spend a little bit more time there and perhaps well, develop well, that. Because where Puss and Boots retires, where Puss and Boots retire an old cat's home, and you've got all the cats there all going like so. Um, but yeah, but so, I mean, that the three bears, Goldilocks, and the three bears for me were the, the standout, standout characters. I mean, I, I loved them, I thought they, they were absolutely brilliant. I mean, and I mean, they were voiced by some good actors as well, weren't yeah, they? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Florence like, Pugh, Florence Pugh, Florence as Goldilocks. the Goldilocks, then, Olivia, yeah, Baba, Olivia Baba. Coleman as Mama Bear. Ooh, yep. Like, Ray Winston as Papa mm. Bear and Samson Keo as Baby Bear. <laughs> but the character, which was probably my favourite, was a little Jiminy Cricket with the voice <laughs> of James Stewart. That was, that was, wow, you know, I can't do a Jack. Can you do a James Stewart impression? Oh, no, I, I can't can. do a good Jiminy He's like, well, you know, well, I'm just going to be here to be your conscience. It's like, oh, yeah. my God, you're a whole <laughs> person. <laughs> so I liked him. I, liked, I thought he was, he was pretty good. And I quite enjoyed... Oh, Big Jack, Big Jack Horner. Oh yeah, Big Jack, Big Jack, <laughs> that the, little, the, little Jack Horner has yeah. now turned, has grown up and become Big Jack Horner. Yeah, and yeah. the Baker's Dozen. I thought that was quite original with the like with the Baker's Dozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the, you see, this is the thing because I think the original Shrek was they, they did a lot more about fairy tales. It was more mm. about fairy tales. This one seems to be a lot more about nursery rhymes. Yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you have like Little Jack Horner. You have he has this Baker's Dozen thing. And th- there, there's a whole bunch. There's a bit where when he when he rolls out with his baker's dozen, it's it's like a scene from Mad Max Fury Road. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a Fury Road. I think the the animation, the animation style is it's different from anything else that they've done mm-hmm. in the Shrek thing because it looks a little bit more like uh, uh like um, into the Spider Verse where they use this sort of Japanese thing of what I call go faster lines mm-hmm. where and, and they have like different animation like you know there's basically have different frame rates and they they mess around with it a bit and and I thought I I and the thing is with. With Shrek, the, what I liked about Shrek, the original one was that it was a bit, it was a bit of a satire. I don't think this yes. is much as much of a satire. It's more of a straight action yes. adventure film, like Zorro. I keep coming back to Zorro because that is obviously who. Well, that's like the yeah, so that's like his, his <laughs> with the sword, yeah, like, isn't yeah, it? The initially makes <laughs> yeah, and he cuts he cuts a pee, <laughs> yeah. which which. Uh, and okay, which I have some serious issues with, some serious physics issues mm. with, because if you cut a pee in a piece of cloth wouldn't a piece of it just fall away because thought, it's a piece it of wouldn't hold together no. <laughs> i mean a z yeah no problem but a yeah. p there's, there's a bit of it like, like the curve at the top would fall yeah. away but, but never, mind. Never, mind. Not never mind to pull line through yeah you won't be able to put a line through but that's the thing he does put a line through <laughs> But then again, we're talking about a film with a talking cat, so maybe yes. I <laughs> maybe I'm... maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I'm overthinking what this. Did, but... Can I just ask you one thing? What did you think of the the wolf character? Because I don't. I... I I I liked the wolf character. Mm. I liked I liked the characterization of the wolf character. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I liked I liked the voice performance by by Wagner Mura. I I liked the I liked the, the but I I know what you're getting at, and I know what you're getting at that it seems a little bit. Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> it seems a little bit. Where did that come from? But I do like the fact that the the it's it's a film ostensibly about death. It's yes. it's about death and it's about. It's about realizing that okay, almost kind of like because all these films have they have like a moral or they have like a sort of point, and it's kind of like almost like oh you have one life, what are you gonna do with it and all that. I love the return of Salma Hayek as Kitty Softpaws, mm. and Harry Gullian does well as a dog who doesn't have a name. They just call him Perro, which Perro, or they call yeah. him Perdito, which either means dog or little dog in Spanish. Little dog, yeah. He's <laughs> so, like the the oh. <laughs> <coughs> so, anyway. yeah, but, but Sean, I agree with you. I mean, this is a film that a lot of people have been raving about. They mm. rave and say, oh my God, great stuff and everything. I did not think it was as good as The Raves. No. I did not think it was as good as The Raves I've, I've heard. And I agree with you that there's moments of enjoyment in it f- tempered by, mm, well, it's a bit straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bit what you expect. So, um, so for me, I think I would have to give this a three. Um I, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with the three. As I say, it had moments. It was quite quite fun. Some of the characters were were quite interesting. As I say, the, yeah. the, I, I, the little I, cricket you amused oh, me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, get the, him! It's, oh. It's a wild, oh, Mr. Horner, I don't think you should be doing that. So, like, I know, but I, I agree with you. I, 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 I mean, there were some really, really good bits. There were some inventive bits, especially when they go into all the magic stuff because yeah. Jack Horner wants to get all the magic in the world to himself. And you see how he's, he's taking all these magic attic artifacts from different fairy tales and different nursery rhymes and all that. And I think I, I think it's, 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 it's quite good. And I still think that Antonio Banderas, as um, Puss in Boots, Puss. is just inspired casting. 
it is really and and when he when he sports that beard when he has the purpose yeah. because, because he's, he's going into retirement and of course when you go to retirement you grow a beard so, yeah. so yeah I, I'll give it I'll give it a three out of five I'll give it I a three too can I just I ask one minor question mm. Benham, I have no intention of watching it yes. um, is this a, a 3D animation because I've noticed that in recent years they've done a whole let's make all the animation mm. 3D as well so was it as well, I didn't see. It, I didn't see a 3D version. 3D? If it was, oh, oh no, I think I think what you mean. What Sharon's asking is: Is it hand drawn or is it computer animated? Oh, I see. Oh, right, oh and yeah. does it do 3D as well? Because I, when I was last dragged to an animated film, it was had the added burden of being a 3D. Oh, okay. Film. Oh no, in that case, so no, it was no. like double the pain as far as I was concerned. <laughs> I, I haven't yeah. seen this anywhere in 3D. No, and no. Oh, so it's more it like was... a traditional animated film. If it's like Shrek, they're all computer animated, so they're not like flat. It's not like flat stuff. It's, it's yeah. their models and all that. But it's, it's computer animated. But if it was, even if it wasn't three D, I would not have been watching that. So <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, because I I me and three D don't matter. No, 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 no. no. But it so, seemed to be because I think wasn't the last Toy Story. In yeah, 3D. there was a time when they released. They went all the phase the when they were doing a lot of three D animated things. Well, after the last Avatar. <clears throat> After the last avatar, or after the first avatar, sorry, what happened was that every sudden everything became three D. So even films that weren't shot in three D, they retreated them to make them three D after the effect, and because people could charge more and they could make more money, and they they were largely rubbish. So it's the, it were very few times when it actually came out. So yeah, uh, no, not in three D. It's in two D, but it is it's puss and boots. The last wish, a lot of fun. And now we shall move on, and we shall move on to Sharon and Sharon. If you go into our YouTube channel, which, and okay, by the way, my cousin Tosin, who has been on this thing before, it turns out that he actually still listens to the show and he sent me a video clip of him listening to our show. And I think it was the episode where we were talking about the Woman King. And he was like, oh, wow, I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. So he went and followed us on YouTube. So Tosin, here's a shout out. Take it, be happy. <laughs> and everybody else, go find us on YouTube. But if you look on YouTube, our most watched video is a review that Sharon did about a French drama called the fire the bonfire of destiny yeah but yeah it's sure i keep the making that mistake and I, I almost almost call it the bonfire of vanities yeah i know bonfire. that's it yeah <laughs> it's, i should call the, it that it's the bonfire of destiny and so it's bonf and this has the most views and so sharon sharon is going back like james cameron going for a sequel to see whether she can get as many views and yeah. as much money as she did the first time round. going back to the french world to see whether we can get as many views on this video as we did with the bonfire of destiny so sharon tell us what it is and tell us how we're going to go to get more yeah. views okay <laughs> yeah who knows uh, this is a drama a again a french drama made by the same people that made Bonfire of Destiny, and it is called Women at War. Uh, the French title is Les Combattants, um, which I believe is, yeah, we've said broadly translates as like, as like women fighters, women warriors. Um, and it is set in 1914, in September, specifically September 1914, in rural France, in a place called Saint-Paulin, uh, which is a small um, cathedral town, well, of an abbey town. So there's like a convent with an abbey nearby. There's a main town, and like all good French towns, it's got its own brothel. <laughs> and just outside of the town, <laughs> all it good has... Towns. What's with the bad ones like then? <laughs> yes, yeah. no, they haven't got one. Uh, <laughs> and then there's um, a factory nearby as well. 
And these um, three seemingly um, unconnected things, uh, they're all linked by um, uh, these women who are the, the, the main stars of this show. And there were, there's actually features four women. And the fourth woman, I'll introduce who these women are there. The first one is an Auburn head lady. She was the, the heroine of Bonfire of Destiny. And she uh, is... It- so, so apologies for anybody who might only be listening to this. My daughter's just walked into the room and has totally distracted everybody on the call, as is her want. It's so, pink. It, pink. What's she's pink. She, well, she's sticking out her tongue, seeing herself on the ah. Zoom call, and she's saying it's pink. So I think she's spotting her own tongue. You, guys, you, you should all be thankful that you do not. We do not have smell vision, because she has just dropped a smelly one. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, my, my eyes are watering right now. <laughs> okay, Sharon, if you can, please do carry on. <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, so we have, um, there are four main characters in this, the, the women, uh, are four main characters. The first one is uh, a lady who is a, a prostitute. And she has relocated from Paris to Saint-Paulin for there's two reasons. One, business is slow in Paris because of the war. A lot of men have been you know, recruited and they're with their regiments. And so she has like followed the army as it were to, and she's taken up work in this brothel in this town. And also in this town is a this abbey where there is a mother superior and a sort of group of nuns who have converted the abbey into a military, a field hospital. And so the, the other main character is the, the mother superior who even though she's been a nun for 20 years, she's extremely comely. She's a lovely lady with um, a beautiful face. And when she takes her habit off, beautiful long hair, uh, which is probably not really what most um, nuns would have underneath their habits. I thought that and was the thing. I thought short hair was the, was the I nun. I thought they tended to. Yeah, every nun I've ever met has had cropped hair. But anyway, she's got beautiful, luxurious hair. And then they're in the factory nearby. Um, um, The lady who is married to the factory owner, he has, even though he's exempt from the joining up, she just he decides that he's going to do his duty for his country and he's going to go to the front lines. And so she is now in charge of running that factory. And then into this sort of threesome, there's another lady who comes who is. We meet at the beginning. She's fleeing justice from Paris. And she's in being pursued, or she's fleeing with another lady, and she's being pursued by this vengeful police officer. And we later find out why he is so vengeful against her. But it turns out that she is a nurse, and she um, is fleeing away from justice in Paris. And she ha- they have an accident, and they run into some German troops. And the woman who is protecting her gets killed. And so they swap identities, because she's a fugitive justice. She swap identities with this other woman, and um, and then she sort of flees to this convent where she becomes working as a nurse. And so then um, the, all these stories begin to overlap and intertwine the different these different women, how their lives affect each other, basically at the beginning of the First World War. This is when the war is still fluid. And so they have a there's a there's an army camp nearby. They're not entrenched. So the front line is moving back and forwards. German is advancing and then they sort of push back. So there's a battle basically raging just outside of their town. And that is like the backdrop to the, all of these stories. And the story then progresses in, into the war. As the, as the, it only takes place over about a month to six weeks, the whole story, it's like an eight part drama. And these, these women, yeah, how they, you see each one of them, they're called like the fighters because each one of them has their own battle that they're trying to, 
to fight. Um, yeah. the, 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 the prostitute is, is trying to find the son that she gave up when she became pregnant when she was a teenager. She was kicked out of her home, so she had no recourse but to, you know, to start working, as it were, um, to support herself and her child. But because of her work, she thought, no, the best thing for me to do for my child is to give them up. And then she's identified where he is, and she believes that he is fighting with this this battalion of, of officers. So that's why she sort of moves her brothel, but she's working there. And then the factory owner, her husband, has gone to the war, but his brother thinks, I'm going to turn up and I'm going to run the factory. So she has this battle against, you know, the male patriarchy saying that, you know, I'm actually capable of running this factory, but um, he's yeah. trying to sort of take over. So there's that battle there. And then the mother superior, um, they take in wounded soldiers and she becomes, you know, attracted to one of her patients. And so she's in battle with her own vows and then later with the church. Yeah. And then the lady who is fleeing justice, um, because she has sort of taken on this assumed identity, she realises that there's more to this identity than she first thought. And she's then ensnared in in other battles. So they're all fighting in their own way, but they all then, these stories mix and intertwine and overlap. So Over how Uh, many uh, episodes uh, did you say? I believe there's eight. Okay, cool. I I, I had... um... I had the visions of when you thought, oh, this is going to be like, you know, women fighting, but, you know, proper fighting. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? As in physical fighting, but. They don't take up arms. No, they don't take up arms. You do see the battles raging near them and you do see some of the consequences. There's people with shells shock Mm. um, and there's people who get injured and you see these sort of people. So is this a subtitle film? Subtitled series? Yes, it's subtitles. It's it's in French. Yeah. Um, it's in drama, but interestingly, the main characters, the the prostitute, the nun, and the nurse. Like there is a probably joke. A, there is a joke in there somewhere. Isn't yeah. there? probably a limerick <laughs> that I wouldn't care to repeat. Um, but there is, <laughs> but there, they are all the three leading ladies from Bonfire of Destiny. Ah. Uh, so the redhead lady, she played like the the redheaded lady in that one as well. Uh, but <laughs> she like played. <laughs> it's like funny fact. In real like, life, she's actually a brunette. She... <laughs> yeah. So she played the mother in that one, and then the lady who's the nurse, she was her niece in Bonfire of Destiny, and the mother superior that was the maid in Bonfire of Destiny. So the three of them obviously have got this history and. I suppose if we saw it, we'd like go, oh, it's the cast of Pride and Prejudice. We joined yeah, together, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. We, but so they're obviously... Oh, it's and like Wes Anderson's made another film and he's cast all the same people. <laughs> all the same people in it. So it, and it feels like it was from the same people who'd... Because of certain scenes, I was thinking... Um, I know we sort of have, like, I sort of give a warning out there. Um, you know, there are nipples in this film. Um, oh. Not a lot, but there are nipples in this film. But they are the same nipples that were in Bonfire of Destiny. <laughs> So, <laughs> you make it sound like they just recycled the footage. They were like, well, so I guess we have it on file it's somewhere. The same pa- <laughs> it's the same well cast bring- member who sort of like, you know, got a kit off in that one to get a kit off in well this well one. So they obviously thought she's, you know, she's up for it. Or, you know, I'm sure oh, she's okay. actually. I, I don't know. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know. But okay, when I was a kid, when I was a young teenage boy at that age and getting stressed in certain things, having a French movie was almost a guarantee. <laughs> it was a, it was, la a, it was almost a guarantee of nipples. I, I just think I've just come to the point that the French have a different uh, attitude to nakedness 
than the English do, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But um, so, but okay, so with that, we've spoken I'd about. That was classic. I'll just say, as you said, that was the classic when we were young of La Reine Margot, which oh, yes. was infamous for you know nudity, and I think it might have been you know a reasonably graphic sex scene or something. But that was the ultimate in French cinema in the yeah. mid nineties. You know, I, I found out about cinema around, around about the Betty Blue, the Betty Blue era, and everything like that with Beatrice Dow. Okay, okay, yeah. but okay. So, so with that, how does this compare? How many stars would you give this? See, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good because, um, yeah, there's a few sort of mysteries, and you go, "Oh, I didn't see that one coming." Uh, and others, you're going, "Okay, yeah, signposted, signposted all the way through." So, um, it was, yeah, uh, it was a good mix, a good drama. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, um. I gave, I think, Bonfire Destiny a high three, and I think this one would probably sort of equally on top it. I'd say high three to a four. This one, so um, I I liked it. It's a sort of drama that I do like. You know, there's the interweaving storylines, the um, uh, the sort of it, it sort of was a complete drama. I can't see it being like um, Women at War Part Two. This is, I think, a complete <laughs> drama. Um, so I think, yeah, to me, I quite like the fact that they just tell the story and then. They leave the rest of it to your own, you know. Well, I, I, guess, I guess that's a very sort of European thing. I mean, even like, you know, even British, like, you know, just story, end it, goodbye. As opposed to uh, an American thing, which is, oh, people liked it, but we ended the story. We killed everybody. Well, bring them back. <laughs> bring yeah. them back. We've got to do another series. We have a hit on our hands. Okay, so I think you landed up with a high three on this one. A high three. I'd give it a high three, borderline four, but. Um, I would say comfortably a high three, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. And so now we go back to... <laughs> you might hear that in the background. There's somebody there's somebody who is, who is coming in here stomping around with her arms under her armpits and just giggling. But anyway... <laughs> but... <laughs> I should be anyway. doing the same as soon as we go off camera. <laughs> as soon as we go off camera. Yeah, yeah uh, so there, uh, now we go to a film in cinema, and she is the reason. She is the reason why I don't think I might ever watch this film. This film, Knock at the Cabin, which Sean saw. So mm -hmm. uh, let me explain because I can explain. The, I know the basic premise of this film. So the basic premise of this film is that you have a couple. It's uh, You have a couple, um, a gay couple, who go up to a cabin for a, for a holiday with their adopted daughter. And when they go up to the cabin for the holiday, it's supposed to be like this lovely Airbnb that's all like up in the woods and secluded away from, away from like, you know, modern life and all that. Four people show up, led by David Bautista and Ron Weasley. And the four people show up to the cabin, knock on the cabin, and tell them that the world is going to end. And the only way they can avert the end of all humankind is if one of them chooses to sacrifice themselves. So you have essentially this family unit that is being terrorized and saying one of them, which includes the daughter, needs to sacrifice themselves to stop the rest of the world dying. And I just, I looked at that, saw that, uh, and, and this is the kind of film that I imagine I would have watched a couple of years ago, but now with a daughter of my own, I'm like, what kind of sick person comes up with this as a premise for a movie? <laughs> and so I refuse to watch this film. And okay. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I will do. But Sean, thankfully we have a Sean. We have a show, we have a Sean, and you've gone past that po that point in your life, and you can go have, like this without having to yeah. have without without having to have existential questions. So yes. tell us about Knock at the Cabin. Okay, Knock at the Cabin. So yeah, like you summed it up, it's a um, it's a mar it's like a um, you know same sex marriage, and they've adopted this little girl. And yeah, at the start, it is a bit. The very opening scene is where you know the little girl's out in the woods, and then um, 
that one of the one of the characters showed up and said, "Oh, you know, we need to to see." But he's he's very, I don't know that. Yeah, that was a bit creepy. But anyway, so they go to the cabin basically, and she she runs off. She goes inside and she says, "Oh, you know, there's there's strange people out there." Wah 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 wah. And they go, she's saying that they, they they don't believe it. And then there's the, you know, and it's like it's not like a forced entry. They're saying, "Look, I need to come in." They're trying. It's just, he's trying to reason with the, yeah. with the, yeah. and in the end they have to and um. And and so they tie up the, the the couple, and they then they explain it to them. They're not like they say, oh, you know, we've had this vision. We we haven't met anybody before. We've had this vision, and uh, you know, this is what's going to happen if you don't. If you you know, one of you needs to, because the other two are going to live. Otherwise, you're all going to live together with, and you'll be the only people in the in in the world. Yeah. And so yeah, so this anyway, it's quite important. The four of them is quite important. It took me a while to work it out because there were some bits in this film which I'm like. Mm, mm. There are a couple of bits now, and it's only sort of today that I worked it out what what that signified was the four people and what happened to the I think four I just figured people. it out. Yes, <laughs> I think you I, think I, you have? Yes, I, I think I just figured it. I mean, obviously, oh, I think, cool. I, I'll be, I'll yeah. be thinking I mean, about I figured it. I, 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 I know there's four people because I was but... I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and it's like, but certain things happened to these people during the during the film. Not mm. not 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 the not the couple with the daughter, but to the others. And, yeah, yeah. To the four people who and then, the and then it's like and I mean there's a moment says, Oh, this is what's gonna happen and then they turn on the TV and something's happening, some and he goes, Oh, you just but, you know, they disbelieve and they say, Oh, you you know, yeah, you just knew that that was gonna be on the TV at this particular time. Anyway, and then and and one of one of the characters recognizes one of the 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 four who had an altercation within the thing so he basically thinks that they've come to he's come to get revenge or stuff like yeah. that so so there's all this argument and that and then something else happens to another one of the characters and they turn on the tv and something else is happening so yeah so you probably worked out so so it, so, it, it, so it kind of plays it plays with you because from what i've heard about this film it, it does plays, play with you yeah it plays with you as to whether these four people who showed up at the cabin are nutters or whether they actually have a point yeah. I've actually they have a point yeah yeah so i can't really go much more into to spoilers you know there's it's not much on the way of action and most of the most of the 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 film is set in the cabin you know and in the cabin rooms yeah. and stuff there's not yeah not a lot that goes on but yeah see now i like these sort of films i mean i like mother <laughs> i like oh yeah i mean i know that's not shambling but i really 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 like mother and i really really like this as yeah. films that I like, and I, but I think it could totally, totally be a Marmite thing, and I'm sure there's many, many people that would have issues with this and would probably take issues with it. For me personally, I like these sort of films; they really make me think, you know. And as I say, it's uh, for me, yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought this was this was pretty good, but I'm pretty sure that a lot, lot of, I'm pretty sure it would be one of those films that yeah, people yeah. are going to hate or love. I don't think there's going to be. I mean, it was the same with Mother. I loved Mother. But yeah, yeah mother, mother, is old. mother is yeah. awesome. I wasn't, I wasn't keen. No, that's yeah. what I mean. So, but... I reckon I'll really like this. So, you think but, you would? Yeah, again, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So. Sean, you talk, you talk about it being a Marmite film. You're speaking to somebody who went, oh, choose between yourself and your child. And I went, nope, not watching this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am out. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she was a really good, good little little actor. She was a really good little actor. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like, there's no horrible overtones or anything like that, apart from the the fact that. You know, they've they've got to choose that one of them's got to sort of sacrifice so that the rest of the world can can be okay. And then, so, but you would sacrifice for your daughter, would you, Toes? You I mean, would do it. You would, if you got if you got a, a child, you're gonna 
do anything, can't you, to save the child? Let's yeah, no, you see, now, now the, the problem I have with this, with it, with this premise, is that it's not like, you know, oh, there's a there's a truck coming to hit somebody and you've got to, no. If someone's coming up and saying, saying, we believe this thing, we don't care if you believe it, but this is what's going to have to happen. And, and it, it's, it's, in some ways, it's a preposterous thing. You know, I, 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 I just... There's just something about the premise of it that I really don't like. It's like a mm. doomsday well, cult shows well, up and says, you. But I mean, I mean, surely isn't that any faith thing, isn't it? It comes down to the faith thing, you know what I mean? Some people yeah, have got yeah. a lot of faith in things and other people think it's also, you know, it's but, but, exactly but, like you think. There's also <laughs> a train track one where, you know, you, t you can kill one person or you can kill 10 people, but you have to decide which it is. And you have dilemma. no that, yeah. that dilemma is what's yeah. the... Yeah, going from the fate thing, what I don't like about this one is that, okay, it's different if these four people showing up and these four people said, we believe this thing and one of us has to sacrifice themselves if not the whole world is going to die. Cool, okay, that, that, that I can handle. But okay, we believe this thing. We have to go find a bunch of people who don't believe this thing and one of them has to die. <laughs> it's like yeah no, no, no i understand i understand yeah, what I, I, yeah, I, I, so, I, I get where you're coming from i totally get where you're coming from so Sorry. so it's hmm. so it's likely i might watch this film when it could up on tv in 10 years time when i've got it over myself but at the moment the the central premise i i'm just i'm just in the spirit of my life where i feel that there's some things we should not be making entertainment out of and the right. central premise okay. of this makes me feel like we shouldn't be making entertainment out of this even though i know it's based on a book that went really did really well and it's supposed to be m night shyamalan one of his best films for a while i'm happy for everybody but leave me alone not, not, not for you <laughs> yeah well that's that, i mean that's it isn't it that's, i mean <laughs> i mean that's why why they get the films that are made like they are because I mean, yeah. people love the Fast and Furious franchise, and I think that's the biggest <laughs> load, of, load of tosh and nonsense, and I absolutely loathe them with a passion. <laughs> and you would know, be but right about them being a great. big... People are like, hey, Fast and Furious films, how good are they? Oh, do you not you like would be them? right about it being a big load of tosh. But, yeah. uh, so, but how many stars How many stars would you give Knock at the Cabin? Four, Four stars for Knock at the Cabin. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, good Lord. You just, you just got me remembering the last Fast and Furious movie, man. Sure, Hobbs and Shaw makes me happy. It's a ridiculous oh, film. See, that's what I mean. That's there's there's my argument. It's it's awful. We it's take awful. the Mickey out of a happy it's awful. job. I find it joyous in a weird. Hobbs and Shaw is different because Hobbs and Shaw knows what it is. Hobbs and Shaw knows it's <laughs> stupid, and it and it and it, it it goes with the stupid thing. By the time you go to the last Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious Nine, you're watching it and you're thinking, I don't think the people who are making this know it's stupid. I, I, I think I, 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 I do not think they actually do. I, I do not think Vin Diesel realizes this is a pile of tosh. So The Rock and Jason Statham, they totally know it's a pile of tosh. <laughs> but, and I think that's part, that's part of the reason why The Rock will not be in a movie with Vin Diesel again, and especially a Fast and Furious movie, because he's like, he knows it's a pile of tosh. He knows it's just entertainment. Vin Diesel thinks it's high art that's going to change the world or something. <laughs> and, and oh, but, oh, wait, Sean, did you watch Fast and Furious 9? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, I wouldn't so, even. I, 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 you draw a line somewhere. I draw a line somewhere. I would say that the two, the Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, I really, really like. And gradually they got sillier and stupider and absolutely they did, ridiculous. They did. And that slow motion, it really annoys they, me when they like walk down the steps and they, they're like, yeah, don't they're, turn they're, your back on family. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, oh, like God. Oh, God. The number of times they say family. And Fast <laughs> and Fur I think Fast and Furious 5 is the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. 
And after that, I agree. They just get stupider and stupider. And let me put it this way. This, these films, you would imagine that these films are made for the 10-year-old boy. The 10-year-old boy who wants yeah. to see a car fly. Exactly. That kind of stuff. My 10-year-old nephew came out of Fast and the Furious 9 going, well, that was a bit stupid. And once that, <laughs> oh, happens, once that happens, you've lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vin Diesel. You've lost. Go home. Just, just, yeah. just stop making them. But, uh, but anyway, anyway. Well, let's go back. Hobbs and Show, Hobbs and Show, much better, much better. Thanks, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, and now we go over, we go back to Netflix and Cinema and Friends, and this is the great uh, sh- that that Holly, you managed to watch the great somehow on Stars Play. You figured out how to get access to it be- uh, because you are the smartest amongst us with a massive, <laughs> massive brain. And um, so, tell us about the great. So, uh, this was, so I've watched series one and recently series two of The Great, and it is a, a fictionalization, loosely based upon reality story of Catherine the Great of Russia, mm. who was born a princess in Germany, went to Russia and married uh, the Emperor Peter, and the, in in real life, rapidly decided that she really didn't have very much time for mine. They, it, she married him before he was emperor, and you know they'd it had a child at that point. And yes, she quickly decided after he became emperor, he wasn't very good at it. So she decided to uh, undertake a coup, booted her husband out, um, imprisoned him. Uh, so this is real life, and he tragically died a couple of months later of, but. Uh, a pure accident oh. <laughs> no doubt heartbreak or something um loss of control of mother russia uh, embarrassment embarrassment indeed and certainly no involvement of any external parties at all mm. and she then proceeded to rule russia for a very long time and was probably one of the most successful rulers of russia ever she was quite amazing, transformed many things, also was not that great in other ways, uh, and had something of a scurrilous reputation that people used to spread about her, most likely to undercut her, including the fact that she might have had um, romantic relations with her horse, uh, of which there is no, in fact, evidence to support, but that was a nice, you know, charming little rumour spread about her to, yeah, to discredit her. Um, And then we get ourselves over to the series where Catherine is played by, I've got to sort of check, it's Elle Fanning, who is rather marvellous. And Peter is played by Nicholas Holt. And Catherine arrives at the very beginning as a, you know, charming, enthusiastic young woman who's desperate to do her best and wants to fall in love with Mother Russia. And she arrives to discover her husband is not quite the charming man she hoped he would be and is in fact a little uncouth swears an awful lot sleeps with everything that moves and shouts huzzah a lot and throws wine in the air and also randomly kills things for fun so she's not entirely taken with the entire situation and there are you know ongoing perfunctory efforts at producing an heir which you know leaves nobody terribly happy about the circumstance so in the first series Peter hooks her up with somebody to be her lover because he thinks that she would be happier if she were a bit happy um and it's it's through series one her relationships around court progress uh, with 
you know, various contretemps drama between her and the the uh, what would he be the once they say archbishop, but he's not the um, the um, oh, what would he be the the prelate? I'm having a mm. absolute mental freeze. The Russian Orthodox. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think what the head of the Russian um, Orthodox is called. Head of the church. Head of the church, um, <laughs> who is the uncle of a uh, young woman who becomes her servant, who used to be an important lady and has been uh, down for reasons. Someone did something bad and she that's not very well suited to being a maid because, well, she doesn't really want to be. So you have the first series of the relationship between um, Catherine and her husband and the court and you get to the end of the first series and there's a coup and she takes over. Series two then starts with her having taken over and continues with her not really wanting to deal with Peter and you know keeping him alive, kicking around the palace just sort of doing his thing, letting her be there when she has the baby as she's pregnant at the end of the first series. You know, it's all sort of, you know, semi-nice. So, He's desperate to get back with her and take over Russia again. So it so it largely broad strokes follows history? In a very, very loose sense. But it's not, it doesn't massively deviate from history. Key historical events are there, but they are much funnier. <laughs> much i suspect more drunken uh much well who knows possibly more sex involved possibly not more sex involved i wasn't there um but everybody seems to be having quite a marvelous time and there's a lot of saying huzzah um which brings sounds a bit like flash art out of black adder yeah (laughs) it is it's constant it's you know it's like every five minutes somebody will go huzzah and then everyone else will go huzzah and it's history history by flash by name (laughs) flash by nature it's just it's such a thing of ridiculousness it's well cast it's well acted it's deeply funny um it does give you a flavor of you know russian history albeit you know i'm I'm not sure that i would want to show it to putin personally i'm not (laughs) but it is yeah well constructed very very funny occasionally thought-provoking if only that it makes me go and look up what actually happened because i'm interested um and yeah it's a it's a feel-good film that does a you know involve people being you know stabbed animals being killed things being broken people being locked up people doing a coup which is i believe what they call it is doing a coup there's lots of plotting and it's um yeah it's a thing of joy and silliness epic silliness but yeah amazing cast good acting Okay. Uh, all right. So, so th- th- I've only that... watched both series once thus far, though I haven't rewatched yet. So, do, do, a... we, do we do? Does it look like they're stopping at two series, or does it look like they were coming back for a third? No, there's definitely a third, and the third is reasonable. I've not got to the end of two and thought, oh, for heaven's sakes, please, please stop now. Okay. It, it left at an appropriate ending to go into a third series. It would be wrong to stop at the uh... end. So, so, okay, at the moment, we have a lot of stuff that's almost a bit like, you know, a, I'm going to say feminist, feminist revisionist thing of historical mm-hmm. events. So do you think that this is a bit more feminist his, revisionist or is it just kind of like, no, she was actually that badass? Yeah, she was actually that badass. But it makes it funnier. 
Okay. So she was an extraordinary woman, incredibly strong-willed, cared passionately about Russia, thought her husband was weak and a bit of an idiot, and thought she could do a better job. So, <laughs> so, so in fact, the reality is probably that she was actually potentially better than she is in the series, whereas in the yeah. series... No, I think the series is probably a... a a fictionalised and comedified portrait of the balance of who she was, if that makes sense. Was was was, was there a, a BBC TV series, Catherine the Great? Uh, that, uh, um, Helen Mirren did. Helen yeah, Mirren, yeah. Catherine the Great. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's her when she's older. Serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Older right. when she's past all this. Yeah, when she's at the oh. end of her her mm. reign. But she was quite an extraordinary woman. Mm. Uh, she brought all sorts of very positive things to Russia. I'd imagine she brought some negative things as well. But she, I can't remember if she expanded territory. She certainly defended things very well. Yeah, I think uh, she created like military. She brought sort of pride in the military. I think she sort of based on and, and the Navy and all that sort of stuff. She, she really much sort of turned yes. it from a, it was when it turned into like more of an empire rather than a rural sort of, secular thing it was uh it was sort of started to become sort of, under catherine the great i think it became a power to be reckoned with you know people started thinking oh russia's not the sick man of europe anymore you know it started to oh, we, should, we should pay some attention to them yes uh, yeah. yeah it's uh, so very enjoyable watch absolutely worth it doesn't require too much attention um it it spoon feeds you enough makes you laugh enough <laughs> makes you go what Quite a lot, but in a good way. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> so, so how how many how many huzzahs do we give? I'm this going all? to give it four solid huzzahs. Four huzzahs! Four huzzahs! Four huzzahs! Our new rating system. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. huzzahs now instead of stars. Yeah, huzzah! 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 We're gonna, huzzah. We're gonna read by, <laughs> rate things by huzzah. Yeah. So, so need the week in that. Okay, cool. So with that, with that, all that's left to do is to figure out who has won this week. And what do you guys, what do you people think? It's a draw, I think. Even it's Stevens. Tied. Yeah, I think even Stevens. It is a dead heat. It is a dead heat between cinema and um and Netflix and Friends with each of them giving us one three star this week and one four star this week. So we are the winners. We Everybody, are the winners this week. Yes. Give yourself a big massive yeah. hug. We win. And, ah. and, and Hoose. It's funny we should say for Hoose because it brings us back to the start of like Poose. 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 And now I know perhaps that's why, like with the history teacher, we used to go Hoose. Perhaps it was thinking of Hussars or something. Hussars. <laughs> <laughs> Camry, anyway, there you go. Huzzah. All right, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening this far. Thank you for, for joining us. If you have listened this far and if you like what you hear, please do go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you heard this thing, Spotify. Give us a positive review. Get in touch with us and on, on Twitter at Netflix via Cinema. Let us know what you thought. And, oh, yeah, find us on YouTube. Find us on YouTube. Uh, watch individual um, reviews of the different things we've done and as as the internet will do tell us how wrong we are thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much until next week we shall find more things to tell you for you to tell us how wrong we are about it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and me and me thank you very much for joining us thank you